And I'm like, oh, ouch, oh, that's like no ninth grader wants to hear that. What's up, Woods Edge students, and welcome back to the WESM podcast, a podcast where we take the sermon from Sunday and we kind of dissect it, run through the points, and just have a conversation on the sermon. So this Sunday, we actually started a new sermon series called Snapshot. Revelation is over, and we're so excited to dive into this today. I am here with Justin Kessler over the phone and in post-production on the screen. Justin, say hello. What up, everybody? I'm here with Jack Sharp, the man who does all that post-production <laughs> stuff. And our special guest today is Joey Swinson, uh, the pastor of Regen here at Woods Edge. So, Joey, tell us about yourself and your ministry. Uh, yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Joey, and I'm one of the pastors here at Woods Edge. Uh, I'm currently in charge of a ministry called Regeneration, and uh, really what it is is it's a program that uh, walks through really discipleship, helping people walk through discipleship using a recovery model. So we use the 12 steps uh, of recovery to help people walk in freedom in Christ. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Awesome. Sweet. Really so awesome. we're, yeah, we're pumped to have him on the show today. And like I said, we're getting into Snapshot. So what is Snapshot, right? So the main theme, it's, it's an event or occurrence in your life that only lasts for a certain season, okay? Yesterday, Ron Thompson was talking about how uh, a season or a sin or an event, it's, it's just a snapshot in your life, okay? A, a breakup you may have, a change that occurs in your life, it may feel like an eternity that you can't escape, but it's only a snapshot. And eventually, you'll look back on it in your rearview mirror, and it will not feel like an eternity anymore. It will feel like a snapshot. And so the first two points he had in his sermon was that weight holds us down in sin entangles us. And he used two illustrations. He had a weight vest that weighed about 20 pounds and he had students wear this vest and he asked them, he was like, okay, if you would like to run a race, would you want to run the race with the vest on or the vest off? And they obviously said the vest off. And then with sin, he had a string and he entangled the students and he, he tattered on them once and they broke out of it easily. But when sin becomes habitual and you do it over and over and over again, he got on them multiple times and then they couldn't break out anymore. And so he then goes on and talks about how God has a plan for us and the enemy wants to distract us from that plan. The enemy wants to weigh us down and he wants to entangle us in sin, but we must fight against that with the armor of God and scripture. So first off, I just want to kind of open it up to the floor here. Uh, when has there been a time in your life when an event or something happened and you thought you would never see the end of it? You thought that this is never going to end, I'm never going to get through this, and it dragged you down in, in every way possible. Yeah, I can. You want to talk? Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I didn't know. Waiting for Justin. I can't see Justin, yeah, so it's, that makes it's it hard harder. to. Um, that I mean, 
for me, I think that anytime anything significant happened in life, it always felt like this is going to go on. Like whenever uh, I had a bunch of like really bad stuff happen um, in my teenage years, whenever I was in high school, I was like, oh, this is like, this is the way that my life is going to be now. Like, this is it. Um, and now where I am at now, looking back, like it literally is a snapshot, a season like it. And it's cool. Like hindsight is amazing. You get to see like those really awesome, beautiful steps where God had his hand on you. Um, but especially where I was in, in high school, like I, God was not a part of my life at all. So like, I didn't see that at all. Um, and I mean, I guess like you don't know God, like you don't know any of that. So I think that the the whole part of like it being a snapshot isn't really something in your in your brain like at all. Like it now, whenever something happens, like uh, I've talked about, I think in the first episode, us moving, um, I knew that that was a snapshot. I knew that God had us. It was still hard, um, mm. but I had that faith and that trust knowing that like this was just going to be a little part of my life that a month two months down the road it was just gonna like it it was just gonna be part of the past part of something that god has put me through to teach me something so it it honestly it kind of gave me that a shift of perspective like what do i need to be learning yeah um but yeah i mean i there so many times in my life i could talk forever on that um but those were two really long ago, really recent. Yeah. So a bit of transparency. When I was uh, in ninth grade, um, I, was, I was the, the smallest kid in the entire high school. I was tiny. I was skinny, you know, just super skinny, super short, shorter than like all the girls. Um, and basically, I was the last guy to go through puberty. Right. I'm the last person. Sorry to be uh, real here, but, you know, last person to get hair in certain places. And, (laughs) you know, my friends are talking about certain things and and I'm just like my body's not developing, you know. And uh, and so at the time, it is like the worst. And I don't know if you don't have any any especially guys that haven't gone through puberty yet that, you know, you feel like I'm supposed to be. And and so you start to question things about like my manhood because. You know, the world says, you know, to be a real man, you're strong, you're tall, you know, and, and I wasn't fitting those things, right? And so at the time, um, I'm thinking to myself, like, I am behind, and it just, like, th- this is the worst. This is the worst thing ever. And, and now as an adult, like, I look back, and it's like, oh, it was, you know, it was, it was big at the moment, but, but, you know, it was just a snapshot. Yeah. Um, but let me tell a quick story, because I think it's funny. Mm. Um, I'm in ninth grade, you know, I'm, I'm this... Uh, this kid who's not going through puberty, who's really uh, questioning my own identity as a man, um, and uh, I was in choir, all right? And I guess it was cool to be in choir. And uh, it was an easy A. And, <laughs> Let's go. And, yeah, no, it was cool. Uh, and so the, the way it worked is uh, we'd come in as, as a ninth grader, I'd come in, and I'd have to meet, everyone would have to meet with the choir director, sing for her, and then she would tell you, like, are you a bass, are you a tenor, like where, where do you fit uh, in the choir? So I meet with this lady, I'm already, one, I'm already struggling with my identity as like not going through puberty, I'm little, um, and so I meet with her, I sing, and she says, yeah, you are an alto. 
And I'm like, oh, ouch, oh, that's like no ninth grader wants to hear that you're an alto singing with the girls, right? Yeah. And so what did I do? I, I was like, I ain't taking choir, I'm out of here. So I ended up leaving because in that moment, that was the biggest thing, the, mm -hmm. the thing that like the rest of the world didn't matter. To me, it was all about, you know, my body and things like that. And, and so we have these experiences that when we're in the moment, they feel like the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and if we're not walking with the Lord, yeah. uh, or we're, we're allowing those circumstances, those things, they become the thing that we almost idolize, we worship, they become the thing that, that really affects every aspect of our life, as opposed to letting God, the creator of the universe, speak life into us, right? And so I was allowing uh, my littleness, my weakness, all that things, what I thought the world was saying, I, I allowed that to be the loudest voice that I listened to, and not the God who loves me say, I, I made you, I'm pleased with you. I made you the way you're, you know, it's, you're perfect. Um, so. Yeah. So first of all, uh, it is super weird not seeing anyone while we're doing this. It, it is very weird. It's so weird. Um, at least you guys have each other in the room. I'm sitting here by myself like a weirdo in my office. Uh, but for those of you who are watching my daughter, Tested positive for the coronavirus. So I am quarantined at my house. And so we are having to do this virtually, kind of. Uh, so Jack helped us figure out a way that we can do this. But um, so I have a few thoughts. First of all, uh, if you were not there yesterday, uh, Ron Thompson was amazing. Uh, yes, hit it out of the park. Um, talking about Snapshot. And... Yeah, I think, man, I could think back so many different experiences that were huge. Uh, I think of, like, girls that I liked that did not like me back um, and was just absolutely devastating in high school. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, like, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. Um, but I do want to say uh, one thought that I have on just life being a snapshot is... If you're a teenager and you're watching this, the the things that seem really big right now, uh, like they technically are a little bit bigger than how they will be later on, just because of the fact that the percentage of your life that that event has taken is much larger. So if you're 14 years old and something happened that is really, really big, well, you've only had 14 years to process that versus when you're 30 years old, you had twice as much life and maybe you struggled through something for two months. Well, two months is a much larger percentage when you're 14 of your life than whenever you're 30 of your life. So uh, I do wanna say like, it's totally normal that it feels humongous and that it doesn't feel like it's gonna be a snapshot and it doesn't feel like it's gonna be over. But the truth is, that it really is just a snapshot. As you get older, so many things that were a big deal whenever you were younger uh, just kind of fade away. Um, and so I do, I have a lot of things that were huge. I think of breakups. Uh, I think whenever I was in high school, I didn't really, I struggled a lot with my, just questioning like, man, who am I? Like, what group do I fit into? Like in high school, you've got like, People that are athletic, you've got people that are super into music, you've got people that are into theater, like you have all these little groups and cliques that kind of break off. And in high school, I felt like 
which now, like later in life, this is not a big deal. But in high school, I felt like, man, I kind of like all of these people, but I, I don't have a group. Like, because I like all of these things, I don't fit into any of these things and didn't have a group. And so for me, uh, that played out in all kinds of ways of me trying to fit in and be funny in school and always being in trouble. It played out in me partying and drinking and doing drugs and things like that because I didn't, for one, it, if you were doing those things, you just fit in with that group just because you were doing it. And on top of that, because I was intoxicated, I didn't really care that much at those points if I fit in anymore. Um, and so because I struggled a lot with my identity of like, man, who am I? What, where do I fit in? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Uh, I, I definitely had a lot of weights and sins. And I think one thing that Ron talked about yesterday that was so good is he distinguished the difference between weights and sins. So he looked at Hebrews and the, the verse says that since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and sin that so easily entangles us. Um, and so it, it was really good that to distinguish that, man, sins are things that uh, I do that are against God's plan. And those things can hold me back. And a lot of times whenever we think of things that hold us back from God's plan, that's what we think about. We think about sins. But the truth is there are also weights, things that we might not be able to uh, like choose as easily to get rid of. Maybe they're fears, maybe they're insecurities, um, different things like that, that weigh us down that we need to figure out how to get rid of our weights and our sins. And so I thought that was super good because I have a lot of those too. I have a lot of fears. I have, I've always struggled with insecurity. And so what do people think about me? How are people going to perceive me? There's times where I'll have a conversation with someone. And then after that conversation, I go back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, did that person think that this is what I was saying? That's not what I meant to say. I, I don't know. And so I have all kinds of those thoughts that weigh me down. And that's not sinful. You know what I mean? That's not like an addiction or something habitual that is a, is a sin, but it's a weight that holds me back from God's best. And so, uh, man, I have, I could go on for days about those things. Yeah. I think one thing I'm thinking of as we're all sharing here is like this theme of snapshot and, and having an eternal mindset on situations yeah. is so helpful because when something happens in our lives, whether good or bad, I feel like it's important to like weigh it against eternity so we don't get too down or we don't get like too happy in an event that not necessarily, you know, I mean, I, cause I get that, I get that analogy from sports a lot. Like, okay, when something bad happens on a, like in a, in a basketball game, like you shouldn't get too down because something good is going to happen too. And so it's kind of like that, that balance of, okay, like this is a, like, this is this life is a snapshot mm -hmm. in eternity with our savior and so there's going to be awesome these things that happen to us and there's going to be things that are going to be a curveball to us that we're not going to see coming um but just knowing that god is with us and that we get to spend eternity with him um will get you through a lot of situations that you don't think you can get through so wait jack no you're just going to sneeze <laughs> no. are you going to cough the ping pong it's story. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell them the story real quick? Tell them the story real quick. Tell them the ping pong story. Okay. So, 
what, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, we created a game called Ultimate Ping Pong. Um, basically, the way you score is you have to hit the ball on both tables without the other team hitting the ball in between the ball hitting both tables. Mm-hmm. Everywhere is fair game. If the ball stops bouncing, then you serve again. But you can hit on the ground. You can hit on the wall. Like, it, it, anywhere. Um, and I went to block shot and i got nailed right in the throat with the ping pong ball and as soon as that happened i have been coughing and i haven't been able to stop um so it knocked something loose and i do you have things in your throat that can get knocked loose i don't don't, (laughs) before i don't know (laughs) but uh yeah i mean it i randomly will like accidentally say like i'll be i'll be like saying a word and then i'll stop because my my throat just like is like somehow magically mid cough yeah and i yeah nice i have a hard time it's just a snapshot it's just a snapshot (laughs) that's the way i'm looking at it (laughs) all right so one of the major parts of uh ron's sermon is he he read from ephesians 6 talking about the armor of God because God has a plan for us and the enemy wants to disrupt that plan, whether it's the weight holding us down or the sin that entangles us. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 6 here, talking about the armor of God. Uh, It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because of all those things, we need to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Then firm then with the belt of truth around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so right there, uh, when I read this scripture, I think of Bible man. Uh, when I was younger, I was put on Bible Man from a very young age. Thank you, Dad. And so whenever I think of this armor, I think of the full armor sequence. That's kind of cringy now, but it helped me then. It's, it's not cringy. It, thanks. Okay, thank it's you. Thank cringy. you for reaffirming it's me, Jack. Thank you. It's vintage? Vintage. Okay. But uh, each of these armor pieces have something attached to them, whether it's faith or peace. And also in this scripture, it's, it's talking about we need to take a stand against Satan, all right? And it, it explains that our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. Um, and then at the end, it tells us the importance of prayer to help our mind and that we need to be alert. So there's, there's a lot going on in this scripture besides just uh, the, the pieces of armor. Uh, and so we must defend ourselves against the enemy because he's trying to drag us off this path that God has for us. And so is, is there a time in y'all's life, and I should share for this one too, when one of these, whether peace or prayer or faith 
has come into play with you taking a stand against the enemy uh, when he comes and attacks us to, like I said, drag us off this path that God has us on? Um, I mean, go ahead and listen to the first episode. I explained the story in great detail. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I mean, the, the most recent one that like, I could see a clear attack from the enemy in what was going on and then diving into prayer and then trying to live out in that peace being like, okay, like th- there was also, there was almost like this, uh, like kind of throw it at me. Like let's, I, I have God on my side. Like I trust him. I'm trusting him in this. Um, but yeah, I mean us moving and just everything falling apart uh and then just having to trust god being like god we heard you in this like we knew we know that we're supposed to move uh and we believed it gonna go the way that it's supposed to go mm-hmm. um and it went the way yeah and god was like really really obviously in the situation uh but i mean we we would have it would have been very easy for us. What? Never mind. We'll lose fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, whatever it was, on like the stuff like that. Uh, we had talked about it. We're like, should we just stop? Like, is this God telling us to stop? But prayer. Like, no, this is this is not from Him. Like, we need to we need to keep moving forward. Um, and I mean, just reading this scripture, it like kind of comes to mind. Yeah. Bring it at me. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, don't. But like, I'm ready, but, <laughs> but like, like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really appreciate verse 18. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. No matter what has happened in my past or will happen in my future, um, oftentimes things that are out of my control that happen it's 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 been important for me to be alert and aware that there is spiritual warfare taking place in my life and being alert going okay like i believe right now this is an attack from the enemy and so my response to that should be prayer in taking it to jesus like this is a this is an event that I, it's, it's out of my control. I don't know which direction it's going to turn in, but being alert and saying, God, like, will you take this from me? Like, this is out of my control. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm giving it to you and I trust you. Sometimes it can be as simple as for whatever reason, I wake up and I'm in a terrible mood. And it's like, wow, like, I don't, I don't believe, like, this is my character. Like, I don't believe that this is how I act as a person on a, on a, on a normal basis, but immediately checking myself in the morning going, like, Jesus, I'm giving this day to you. Whether I'm unmotivated or don't want to do something, but just saying, Jesus, like, you have this plan for me and I need to follow you. And the enemy's coming at me right now with all these lies saying, I'm not good enough. You're in a bad mood. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. But I'm. But Jesus wants me to do it. And so, my like, God, like, 
I'm giving the situation to you. We take it from me and lead me and guide me, give me peace, give me comfort, and give me confidence knowing that this is the direction you have me going. Yeah, I think for me, the, the part that, I mean, the whole passage is yes. amazing, and, um, but the idea of the belt of truth and how, like, what's the opposite of truth is lies and how so often um, I listen to the lies of the enemy about myself, about God's character, uh, depending on what situation I'm in. And so I think a good question to, to always think about is like, whose voice am I listening to? Like what, what's the loudest voice that I'm, I'm allowing to speak into my life? And am I allowing God, the, the voice of truth, the voice that's life-giving, is, is that the loudest voice that's speaking into me right now? Or am I allowing the lies of the enemy, um, my own flesh, as, as Ron was talking about, our, our, our sinful desires? Am, am I allowing the voice of the world, right? It, you know, we, we're so consumed with social media and, and what social media is saying, hey, this is what you should look like. This is the way you need to dress. This is what um, success looks like. Uh, if I don't look this way, if I don't act this way, I'm not cool. I'm not popular, right? And so we, it's like we allow all the wrong voices to speak into our lives um, and how important it is to, to say, no, I want to be covered in truth. And so where do we find truth? You know, where, and, and the world tries to tell you this is where truth is and this is where truth is. And, you know, as followers of Jesus, we believe that, you know, truth is found in the scriptures, right? Um, but we also believe uh, that God's word is in the scriptures, but we also believe that the Holy Spirit uh, is alive and active in us, right, as followers of Christ. And so it's uh, learning to hear, and, and the scriptures talk about the still, small voice. All right. Am I attuned to that still small voice, the voice that has my best in mind, right? That loves us, that, that loves me. Um, and so uh, constantly asking myself, all right, uh, I'm in a situation, something happens. It's one of like, we're talking about snapshots. It's a really rough situation. Am I responding out of truth or out of lie? Am I, am I allowing my insecurities uh, to, to affect the way I respond, uh, the way I respond to other people, the way I act? Or am I allowing the voice of truth, the voice, the still small voice, uh, to to speak into the situation that I'm in? So, and and so often, what's interesting, what I've found, is that because of our our situations that we're in, they tend to form what we believe about ourselves and about God's character. And so, I, I look back at I was telling that story of like feeling like I or I was really skinny. I was really you know I was smaller than everyone else. I, I wasn't going through puberty puberty and so I had this <laughs> belief I had created a belief system um, without knowing it it was subconscious but this these lies that I'm not strong I'm not very manly um, you know I you know God makes mistakes even though like I would never say that out loud yeah right like no God's good and God loves me well no in the depths I actually believe that God made mistakes why because I was really insecure with who I was um, wow. so even though I wouldn't say it out loud the truth is, that's what I really believed. And I think that's a good question for all of us, is like, how do I truth, like, let's be honest, and let's be real. Um, and, and that's what I loved about Ron, he talked about accountability, uh, being, being in groups and being completely honest um, and saying, hey, this is actually what I believe about myself. I, I think I'm not worthy. I, 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 I so often believe the lie that I, I'm, uh, I'm not good enough for people. I so often believe that God doesn't answer prayer. I believe that God is angry at me. 
And, and I think that's confession. And there's beauty mm -hmm. in confession. Mm -hmm. And actually, when we confess, that's when freedom, freedom. starts to happen. Um, and so, but it's recognizing what voices am I listening to um, and being able to be in a community where, where I can be honest and I'm still welcomed and loved and accepted, right? I, I love, I don't know if you guys caught this, the, the young woman, the young girl that Ron brought up and she actually tore through the thing, yeah. right? But, but he was like, for example, what if cheating is your thing? And she's like, no, it's alcohol. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I love that. She yeah. felt confident enough to, to be real. Yeah. Um, and share something that she struggled with. And that's, I think that's what we need in, in community, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, this is where I struggle. These are where I'm believing lies. And let's, as a community, let's figure out what is truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let scripture and the Holy Spirit be the one that, that tells us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I think, first of all, Joey, I think you sharing that, uh, I mean, open accountability is huge. Mm -hmm. and, and that even <laughs> confession, like, Confession sometimes is not sins. I think a lot of times we like to think that when we when we confess things in our accountability that it's it's sins, like some way that I've failed God. But the truth is, even confessing insecurities and fears and things, just just being totally open with everything that we're going through, how we're processing a hard situation, some of that is is part of confession, um, and that's so freeing. Um, I think for me. First of all, I want to talk about the armor of God since you asked that question, Landon. But then I also want to get to uh, Ron talked about, hey, since we have an enemy who is trying to attack us and take us down, he talks specifically about four different things that help us overcome temptation and sin and the attacks of the enemy. And so I want to make sure that we hit all of those things really clearly. Uh, but uh, as far as the armor of God, I think there's two things that I think about that are super important. First of all, uh, Ron asked the question in his message, do you want to win? And so I think it's important to realize that you can choose to not fight. Like you, like even in a battle, you can just be like, ah, we're going to lose. Guess I'll just give in. Guess, we'll, guess I'll just surrender to this. And so I think before we even talk about putting on the armor of God, we have to ask the question, like, do you want to win? And, and Joey, being in recovery, I know you know this super well, is that if you don't really want to change and see God bring you freedom, it's not going to happen. You you really have to seek the Lord and know, man, I want to win. I want to stop fighting this battle. I want to find freedom. And so I think that's really important to understand that you can't just like subconsciously be like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice if I didn't deal with this anymore. And then that's, that's what fixes it. Like you really have to want to fight these weights and these sins. Um, and then second of all, I think when I think of the armor of God, um, if we were in a battle, you wouldn't put on just like the belt and then head into battle, right? Like you wouldn't just grab a sword and no helmet, no shield, no chest plate. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't do any of that. You, you need to put on all of the armor if you're going into battle or else you don't stand a chance. And so I think it's important when we're talking about the armor of God to realize that every single day, like I actually had a friend whenever, uh, whenever I was in teen challenge in recovery, I had a friend who would pray every single day through the armor of God and that God would help him use uh, and like recognize all of those things in his life, um, which was super cool because we do, we have to, we have to understand, like we have to look to God for truth. We have to put our faith in God. We have to find our peace in him. 
we we have to do all of those things every single day. Um, it can't just be like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna look to truth today. Um, but you know what I'm gonna be angry and not full of peace. I'm going to you know what I mean. Like we have to look at all of that stuff. And so uh, I think that that's huge. You can't just put on a piece of the armor. Um, Ron also talked about. So here were the four things that he talked about uh, that I wrote down was. How do we overcome the attacks of the enemy? It is one, putting on the armor of God, two, drawing near to God, three, memorizing scripture, and four, accountability. Um, and so Joey, Joey already talked about accountability. Um, what about what about memorizing scripture? I'm actually, this is uh the first time in a very, very long time that I have like really tried to memorize scripture, but I am trying to memorize one verse a week this entire year. And it has like totally changed. I, I find myself when I get into a struggle, whether it's uh, a sinful thought or action, or it's an insecurity or anything like that, I find myself replaying these scriptures in my head because I've been working really hard to memorize them. And it's been it's been a, a tool, which is really like in the, the armor of God, it talks about the, the sword, which is the, the word of God. And so I've, I've had this sword that I've been able to use to fight that I have not really ever had through my Christian walk. And so it's been huge for me. Yeah, and scripture is actually our last point here. So let's go ahead and dive into that. So scripture is a huge component of defending ourselves against the temptation of the enemy. When we see Jesus in the desert, uh, he recalls scripture as Satan is tempting him. And so I, I would like us to each share uh, some scripture that has just played a, a big role in uh, our, our lives. All right. I would have had something. No, I, I can go first. Landon. I can go first. I, it's in the notes, Jack. I made the notes. I didn't get I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I can go first. Anyways. I'll talk about a okay, few yeah, scriptures. Ahead. So, and then, at, so I'm gonna say the question right now so that everyone hears it and I don't forget. Okay. Um, for people who are not good at memorizing things, what are some tools or ways that they could maybe dive into that? Because I know for me. Like I, I have always had a awful, awful hard time mm-hmm. memorizing anything at all. Um, and I like even with verses, the one that I'm actually going to pull up, I can't recite it. And I had tried for like a month mm-hmm. to memorize this thing. Like every day, I have it written down in a journal over and over again. Um, so I don't know if you guys know any tools for anyone me but also anyone else who may not be great at memorizing things. All right, Justin, you can go ahead and go. Yeah, so for me, biggest thing goes back to accountability. And I will say (laughs) accountability is maybe the most overlooked piece of Christianity, and it is probably why people don't experience the life in Christ that they really, really desire. Um, Because even, even when it comes to memorizing scripture uh i meet with a group of guys every single wednesday right now and i know that we're going to talk about a new verse every single week and i know that if i come in there and i have not even tried to memorize that verse 
that they're not going to be like mad at me, but I'm going to be the only one who hasn't memorized that verse. And then they're going to hold me accountable. They're going to be like, dude, you said that you would memorize one verse a week. So next week you're going to have to memorize two. And so like, I'm not off the hook ever for memorizing these verses. And so it has forced me to get to a point where it's like, I have to, like, there's really no option. Otherwise there's going to be, it's going to be the last week of December and I'm going to have 52 verses I have to memorize and there's no way that I can do that. And so, um, so accountability has been huge. And so I would encourage students, uh, really everyone get in a group and just memorize a verse, even if it's one verse a month, like that's huge. And so get, get some people that you hold each other accountable that, Hey, we're going to memorize scripture together. Um, so I think a couple verses that are huge to me are, so my, my favorite verse that has really changed my life is Ephesians 3.20 says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Um, and so that verse just helps me remember like, man, the Holy Spirit is working in me. And so whenever I think I can't do something or God's not going to come through on one of his promises or I, I just know like, man, God has great plans for me. And because the Holy Spirit is working in me, even the plans that I have for myself are nothing compared to what he has planned for me. Um, and so that's super encouraging to me. Another one that I have been memorizing lately, uh, I might botch this, but is Galatians 5.16, which says um, that if you pursue the spirit, then you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Um and so I think I messed up the first part of that because I'm working on it this week. But uh, essentially just the idea that like, hey, the way that we overcome our fleshly desires is not by like an ABCD task list. Hey, if you do these certain things, the real trick is that we just pursue the spirit like we desire God and we spend more time desiring communion with the Holy Spirit and intimacy with God. And when we do that, uh, a lot of those sins and those weights that we've been talking about just kind of fall fall off. Yeah, good. All right, Joey, do you want to share yours? Sure. Um, so for me, I think uh, one of the passages that's been the most transformative for me is uh, when Jesus is baptized. Uh, and there, it's this beautiful moment, you know, uh, John baptizes Jesus. And he uh, comes out of the water after he's baptized, and it says that uh, a voice from heaven, right? The Father uh, speaks this beautiful identity, and, and the, uh, the Spirit in the form of a dove hovers over Jesus. And, and, uh, and the Father says, this is my Son, whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased, right? And this, it's just this beautiful moment where the Father, the Creator, is speaking uh, like Jesus' kingdom identity, loved. Uh, I'm pleased with you, and you're my son, right? You're, you're, we're family. Um, and what's beautiful about that passage, why I love it so much, is, uh, is that it's actually in reference to Genesis. Um, it's, it's alluded, like the, the first hearers of this and readers would have gone back to Genesis when God created the world, right? Because uh, the, there's a, at the beginning, it was the spirit was hovering over the waters, right? And the word hovering in the Hebrew is the word of like these wings that are that are flapping, right? Like a bird. And so it's the idea of the dove over Jesus in the waters is referenced to Genesis. And in Genesis, it's when God speaks and he creates humanity, creates the first human, 
right? And so when Jesus comes out of the water, the dove is hovering, the spirit is there. It's this reference of the new Adam. It's the new human, the perfect human, right? And so it's, it's this, this beautiful moment. And Jesus, what I love is that when, when he gets that identity, uh, uh, this is my son whom I love and with you I'm well pleased. If Jesus is a representation of humanity, that is an identity that, that's for us as well. Like, right? So I am a son. You are a son or daughter. You are sons that God loves us and he's pleased with us. He's pleased with us. And, and the really cool thing is Jesus hasn't done anything in his ministry yet. This is before he's done any miracles. It's obviously before he's, he's died on the cross and, and risen from the dead. Like, God is just pleased with him. Why? Because mm. he loves him and he's his son. And so, like, when I think about this and I was like, wow, at the core of who I am, like, despite my junk, despite where I've been, I don't have to do anything. God sees me and says, Joey, I love you. You're my son and I'm pleased with you. And when I, when I allow that truth to, like, permeate my day and, like, walk in that truth, man, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, now, what's interesting about that passage is right afterwards, uh, Jesus goes into the desert, right, mm -hmm. and into the wilderness and what Ron was talking about that. And he's tempted. Um, and what's interesting is in the th uh, two out of the three temptations, the enemy starts by saying, if you're the son, mm. if you're the son, do this. If you're the son, turn this stone into bread. So God, the father, gives Jesus this beautiful identity. The next thing you know, he goes into the wilderness. And the, fir the first thing that the enemy does is he makes you kind of question or use your identity for selfish purposes. Um, and I love, this passage has been one of the most influential key passages is, one, am I allowing, and I'm going back to the voice, who, who, is, who is speaking into my identity? Am I allowing God the truth that I'm loved, I'm his son, and God's pleased with me? And am I aware that an enemy is trying to, like, mess with my identity? Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that, to me, has been just huge wow. for my walk with Jesus. That's wow. awesome. I don't know about you. But did you get the feeling when he was talking? Love like it. Like the spirit tingles? Love it. Do you know what we're talking about? Like whenever you're praying and like you just get like that overwhelming feeling like in your body, like a, like the tingly feeling. You know what I'm talking about? Did you just call it the spirit yeah. tingles? Yeah. I don't yes, think there's not a did. word for it. He the tingle. Did. Like chills? The, nice. Yeah. Cool. Anyways. That was really awesome. <laughs> I did a little bit, yes. Uh, me and Jack... Uh, actually, first, I'm going to answer your question about practicing or memorizing okay. scripture. Yeah. Um, because I have an, not an issue, but uh, anything you want to get good at takes practice. That's it. That's the most annoying answer you could ever give, but it's Just absolutely it. true. Just um, and if you struggle with something, it's going to take more practice than someone who's just naturally gifted at that thing um and so when i'm trying to memorize scripture it it takes a very long time and it's not a fun pro it's painful sometimes because i'm like okay like why can i listen to a song twice and i am singing the chorus after she times listening to that song but now i'm at scripture not the same and so it, it just takes practice, and for some it takes more practice, and for others you may look at a verse once and you have a photographic memory and you're done. Um, but that doesn't change the importance of it. And so, like, like Justin said, like, if you want to win, this is a massive step in wanting to win mm -hmm. and just 
recalling scriptures when you're in a in, in a tough situation can change that situation remarkably. And now mm. I will share our, our verse, our verse. Our verse. Since hopefully for Jack, different reasons. That yeah, would be, if I, it's for different reasons, that'd be. We cool. did not plan this at all. Well, I didn't get notes, so I couldn't plan it. Yeah. Pause. Are we good still? All right, our verse. We're back. Here we go, Jack. We're back. So our verse is Philippians 4, 6 through 7, or is yours just 6? So mine is just 6. Just 6? But 6 and 7 kind was the... my memory verse. Okay, got it. Okay, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Fair why this is your verse. Okay. <laughs> so, specifically in verse 6, mm-hmm. um, this, this has changed my outlook on basically anything that I go through ever. Um, but it says, in every situation, so that everything, mm-hmm. good or bad, by prayer petition, with thanksgiving. For me, that that means like even whenever life is falling apart, we're still supposed to go to God and thank Him. We're still supposed to be thankful, um, whether it's for the fact that like we're still breathing, or what I mean, whatever that looks like for you, um, we're still supposed to be thankful for our life and for what He has given us. Um, and like, I mean, honestly, for some things, even the situation, like mm-hmm. he's teaching us something like there. Well, what does it say right before that passage that you read? Rejoice in five. The, Lord. the very, in, very beginning, it says oh, rejoice oh, in the oh, Lord oh. always. Rejoice in the yeah. Lord. Mm-hmm. It starts with that. Rejoice in the Lord yeah. always. Again, I say rejoice. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, that that's like the big thing for me. Um, that's and, changed my outlook. Well, mine's in verse seven. So look at us, a little Sweet. tag team. Uh, so verse 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I actually got to use this scripture yesterday, praying for a student. Um, but this idea that when, when I'm praying and I'm, I'm, I'm asking for peace, like there's, there's a peace that exists that I literally cannot understand. Like it, it transforms the understanding of my human mind, and it's and my my heart is being guarded. My mind is being guarded in Christ Jesus, and so when life is going fast and there is no peace seem to be found that I'm searching for, because oftentimes I love to search for things. Like I'm searching. For peace right now and that that may come in the form of of music going for a drive something like that i'm i'm looking for peace but the the reality that that there's a stillness in that i can stop what i'm doing i can be still i can say a prayer and ask for this peace that is transcending all understanding and in that moment, like Christ, I, I, I'm being guarded. My mind and my heart are being guarded in Christ Jesus. And so this, this peace, it's, it's accessible. Like 
so many people I find like Landon pray for me like I'm I'm searching for peace like I don't know what this next step looks for me like for me in my life and the the first thing I go to has been hey there's a peace that is beyond our understanding and you have access to it like through Jesus Christ there is you have access to this peace that literally will blow your mind because you cannot understand it and all you have to do is be still and go to Jesus. Stop striving to be in a hurry to get out of this situation and go to Jesus and search for this peace. So there's our verse. Nice job of that. Jack, I said Zach. It's fine. It's okay. Okay, we have 10 minutes. Would you like to share what you had or would you like to wrap it up? up to you guys what, what you you have 10 minutes you have we 10 have minutes we have all day <laughs> <laughs> i have 10 minutes um yeah i i think so my just a random thought mm -hmm. of i mean we're talking about snapshots yeah. and going through hard moments and what do we do when it feels like you know this is lasting forever mm -hmm. and just one thought there that so my wife has struggled with uh mental illness for the last few years um she's she's experienced some trauma and and it's been a really hard season for our family for for a little while and and for a long time when you're in that season and we know that it's a season we know that that God is good and we don't know how long the season's going to last but we know it's a season and um and uh it, it's really easy when you're in these moments to uh pray and ask the Lord God get me out of this season God, God, we we want the season to be done. Free us from this, um, and uh, and we we were just convicted. Instead of praying, God, get us out of this season, to pray to almost like invite Jesus into the season. Jesus, come in and be with us. And not that He's not, unless we pray it. But he, yeah. I mean, He's already with us. But almost that reminder of Jesus, we invite you into this pain. Jesus, we invite you into the suffering. We invite you into the season that's really hard. Um, you're you're uh, you're with us, and I think that's the biggest thing is knowing that God is always with us. Um, and and so instead of being like God, just get me out of here, so that but it's it's through the suffering, it's through the pain, mm -hmm. it's through these hard snapshot moments that we're, we experience perseverance. We learn, we grow, we we learn to empathize with people. Um, we become actually more like Jesus when we can take situations and grow from them. Um, on the opposite side, situations can cause bitterness and unforgiveness and anger, and, and, and that's not good. But, but when we invite Jesus into this stuff and into our suffering and into these places, it, it'll, it allows us to have compassion, empathy, so that we can be a blessing to the world, right? And that's, that's the ultimate goal, or that's the ultimate call that we have from the very beginning in Genesis. God says, I'm calling you. I'm going to bless you so that you can bless other people, right? Um, and then the last piece, just that idea of peace is, I heard a mentor say um, to me once, um, peace isn't just an emotion or a feeling. Like you can have that as a part of peace, but really, uh, as followers of Jesus, peace is a person. Uh, Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. And so this peace that surpasses all understanding, it's not just like, oh, I feel at peace. It's, oh, I'm inviting a person uh, who can provide perfect peace in the midst of chaos, right? I mean, that's, again, back to Genesis, as God speaks, out of chaos, he brings order, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, I'm just kind of being preachy now, so I apologize. But, <laughs> that's great. Um, <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
Um, yeah, and then and then the last thing about sin, mm. the, the sin that entangles us, uh, just the idea that so often we think it's just about I need to stop that sin or I want God to get me out of that sin, that thing, and then if once that's done, I'm good. And and the reality is, is if if that was the case, if you were just like, okay, I stop looking at porn, you're gonna find another thing that's gonna replace you, or replace that, mm. that's gonna entangle you, right? And so it's not about the sin. Um, sin is just an outflow of the deeper things that are happening in your heart. And so that's why when we say like put on the armor of God and really seek the Lord and memorize scripture is, is you're going to the heart of the matter and you're not just trying to, it's not just about moral behavior. Like these, your student pastors aren't just here so that you are good moral people. Like that's, no, that's, that's not what, what they want. We, we want people that walk in freedom and healing and wellness. And actually, when Jesus talked about eternal life, like our Western thinking thinks, oh, that's when I die. But for an Easterner, like Jesus was an ancient Eastern rabbi, uh, eternal life was this idea of like, it starts now. Like I can experience wholeness and healing and wellness and an abundant life here and now. That doesn't mean free from sin, but it means walking in peace and joy in the midst of suffering. So. Great. Well, thank Yeah, that's. Justin, do you have something? What? No, you're good. No, okay, cool. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. We want to thank Joey once again for coming on. Thank you for, for having me. your wisdom and your knowledge uh, yeah. on the show and, and your experience as well in your life. have been awesome to share today. Um, yeah, guys, Apple Apple iTunes podcasts, whatever they call it now. Apple Music podcast. Yeah, it's I have a no purple, idea. purple icon that says podcast. Yes. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And all the other ones that are out there as well that exist, we're on there too. Oh, yeah. We're on all of them? We're on pretty much all of them. So thank you guys for listening. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, hit the bell on Spotify. You know the deal. We'll be back again next week with episode two in Snapshot. Peace. Bye. Thank you, Joey. Yay. Thanks, guys. That was uh, fun.